Well, hello and welcome to the London Coronavirus Podcast, the first and still the only daily coronavirus podcast in the business. Every single day, we will try and bring positivity, practicality, and hopefully a little well-meaning light relief too. On the pod today, it was a Friday night drink special. We had the UK's number one ranked mixologist on the show, ladies and gentlemen. We had an alcohol-related coronavirus confession. We had TV presenter Johnny Nelson gracing us with his presence. And fittingly, we had an update from Pilsen in the Czech Republic. I was joined, as ever, by Mr James Ware. James, episode 11 of the London Coronavirus podcast. Last weekend, that Friday feeling was a little bit on holiday. But today, I feel as though it's made a welcome return, my friend. Yeah, I'm definitely feeling it, Dave. It feels like an achievement that we've all made it through this week together. It's one week down of we don't know how many to go, but one week down, I think, still counts. We should still be ticking it off. I mean, it's not all been easy. As I mentioned, I feel like I've come down with a little bit of quarantine clumsiness recently. And it's a bit unfortunate that I've placed a cactus next to my microphone. I was trying not to take that to the face as I lent in to record this intro. (laughs) Or I think I would have been placing some very unnecessary medical strain. But thankfully, I've avoided that. And yeah, this pod really got me ready for the weekend. So I hope that all the listeners are going to feel that too. And going to get shaking up some drinks and some energy as we roll into weekend one of lockdown. Listen, guys, we're all in this together and we're here every day on the London Coronavirus podcast. Enjoy the pod. Well, James, before we crack into the show, I just wanted to reflect back really on the week, the first week of almost total lockdown in London. And this has definitely been one of the more bizarre weeks of my life. And I'm sure every Londoner would pretty much say the same. But two things have actually softened the blow for me. Firstly, this absolutely gorgeous spring sunshine in the capital. It's really offset some of the sadness, I think. Beautiful sunshine, fresh days, lovely. And secondly, James, the sheer volume of WhatsApp messages we've exchanged over the past six days. It's been extraordinary. I did wonder whether I'd hit my WhatsApp quota, but thankfully there's an unlimited amount of memes and musings we can send each other, Mr. Ware. Yeah, I'm very impressed by the extent of WhatsApp server size that they can handle even (laughs) our correspondence during this, let alone the rest of the world. I also I want to know what our Skype miles are going to be buying us when we get (laughs) through to the end of this experience. If points make prizes, then we're in for some serious wins there. But yeah, surreal is still the only adjective I can really put onto this situation, even though first full weekend, we're kind of adjusting to it as we go along. And the moment that really hit me today, Dave, was I was calling a friend in Germany to catch up. Mm. And we'd set a time, I called them, it kept ringing with that kind of aggressive continental ringtone that's kind of, (laughs) I'm very standoffish actually, that ringtone. But I was getting that hardcore ringing noise and then got to the end of that and got this answer phone message in German and something (laughs) about it was just so exotic right now. I was like, ooh, German. Germany (laughs) like it's weird how domestic we've all 
been yeah. forced to become around the world. We're used yeah. to living in such an international world. And for the time being, that's one of the many things that this giant pause button has been hit on. And it's unclear when they're going to play again. So that restruck me today. I have to say, and I'd be reassured if anyone listening can confirm that they're also experiencing this staying at home symptom. But today was the day that quarantine clumsiness hit. Like, I'm not normally a particularly clumsy person. I have my moments. But in the past 12 hours... I knocked over an entire bottle of these tiny vitamin pills that went everywhere over the bedroom floor. I smashed my elbow into something. I feel like my body is fighting back against the constrained space. I'm like a (laughs) tiger that's outgrown its cage. And that's already five days in. So I'm hoping I'm not going to do some more structural damage by the time we get to this stage next week. But you know what? All of those things aside, Dave, I'm kind of feeling that Friday feeling, maybe not in the traditional sense of a working week over, but in the sense that one week or working week anyway of this strange staying at home setup is down. That feels like a triumph much like the end of the working week normally would. A suitable substitute. So we know that many people this weekend are looking for ways to give themselves that weekend feeling, which normally you get by going out. Obviously, that isn't an option right now. And lots of people are delving into their cupboards, looking for what they might be able to use to improvise a home bar. It's been a dream of many over the years and decades. Right now, it's a necessity dare we say. And so we reached out to a mixologist who was voted the best mixologist in the UK last year and second best in the world at a worldwide gin making contest. This is Joseph Miller from Newcastle who gave us his top tips for you if you're embarking on shaking to waking your first quarantine cocktail. Hello, London Coronavirus Podcast. Uh, my name is Joseph. I'm a mixologist from Newcastle upon Tyne. And today we'll be going through a couple of tips and tricks on how to make your cocktails at home a little bit more accessible, a little bit more fun, and a little bit more um, involvement with everyone. Okay, so my first tip um, for this uh, is probably my most important one, and that is be creative. Uh, we aren't in a bar. We don't have access to any bars or like any specialist shops that we um, can rely on to create in these cocktails. So um, being creative will often be exploring different flavour characteristics beyond the norm. Uh, if you're in your own house, you may have a certain, you know, certain set of ingredients that you may have at your disposal. Um, so what you need to do, kind of, is find a creativity in your cupboards or fridges. So, for example, eggs, which can be used to create um, like a creamier or fluffier cocktail. 
um, biscuits. So you create like a kind of sweet and a bit of obviously a biscuity turn to it. Um, using honey or jams for a bit of um, sweetness, especially flavor jams that can kind of um, uh, kind of attribute to some sort of puree that you might not have. Um, so it's all kind of like ways to look in your cupboards and kind of think, does that go into a cocktail? Um, also, like maybe play with different spices that you have as well. Um, so things such as tarragon, parsley, chili powder, all adds different kind of aspects and herbaceous notes to your cocktail. It all just kind of depends on what your preference is and what the preference is of anyone else who is in your home. For example, I've got a pack of saffron that has been in the uh, cupboard for about a year and a half now. And I probably won't be able to use it. But now with this, um, this kind of opportunity, I can um, maybe make it into a syrup or possibly infuse it with some vodka Um these kinds of um, instructions, these kinds of uh, how to make these sort of things, these are all available online and they're very easy to follow. If you have like any sort of caster sugars or demerara sugars, they're very easy to make into syrups. But yeah, so like for example, one of my friends in Newcastle called Rusty, he uses like twister lollies, raspberry jam, rich tea biscuits, and he blends it up. Um, which kind of leads me on to my next kind of point, which is like if you don't have any shaking equipment, um, just blend it really if you have a blender or just try and like build it into a glass like like I said you, you've only got what's at your disposal at the moment uh, and and surely it's it's not a cocktail that you're making for a bar or for a guest at a bar it's just kind of like making do with what you have really but it's it's important to be creative so that you're enjoying it a little bit more and you've actually put some effort into it um, it's have fun and drink responsibly basically uh, making more of your signature homemade cocktails um, which are like really well measured and they're not just kind of pouring all ingredients into a tin or into a glass um, so making like more measured cocktails will help the overall final product of the cocktail <laughs> some really great advice James and I think we might uh, share that in its entirety on our on our social media outlets at London CV podcast but first of all let's just tip our cap mate because Joseph Miller is the UK's best and the second best in the world in terms of making drinks he's a mixologist and that is you know to be the second best in the world at anything is extraordinary right so I'm actually delighted and honoured that he's come on London Coronavirus Podcast to, to share his tips, especially at a time when people are genuinely going to be at home with an awful lot of ingredients and, uh, yeah, going to need to liven up their nights. So I think it's super, super valuable. I loved what he said about don't pour everything into a tin. <laughs> I just think that's just great advice for making drinks, isn't it? And this is like the UK's best, but still you stick to the core <laughs> principles, James. Don't just take all the booze you've got and pour it into a tin. That ain't a good cocktail. Yeah, that was a real mixology masterclass. So thanks to Joseph for coming on. And I really like the balance there between the practical work with what we have right now. We've got to work with the ingredients that we have and improvise somewhat. But also like taking yourself seriously as a mixologist, mm. right? If you're mixing any ingredients, you're entitled to 
calling yourself that. And I like how that came across, that he was like, yeah, you're working at home. There are no bars now, factually true. So you've got to make your own. But just because you're doing that doesn't mean you can't get creative and can't take real pride in what you're doing. And I think that's really going to help some people raise the tone of their weekend. So off the back of that from Joseph Miller, me and James were talking off pardon this morning and we thought it'd be a good idea to conjure our own cocktails with a bit of a, a theme, James, from the London London situation, really, the quarantine that we all find ourselves in. So when we were kind of throwing ideas about this, I've got to say quickly, James, that I feel quite comfortable in most social situations and in most mm. linguistic situations. But the idea of trading wordplay and potential metaphors in relation to cocktails with you did make me feel slightly nervous. I feel like I could be a little bit out of my depth here, mate, if we're, if we're going on cocktail-related puns in relation to the backdrop of London lockdown. But I gave it a bash. Before I tell you what I settled on, could I tell you the ones that I discarded? Go on then, Dave. Yeah, I know you're more used to shaking up sentences than drinks, (laughs) so I'm looking forward to this. Very much so. So uh, there were some absolute crackers. I I confess I did lean slightly on my family for a couple of these and one one of my mates called Rob. But uh, how about Lonely Mary? I like it. It's good. And Scary Mary. (laughs) And uh, Sex on the Porch. (laughs) Myself. Soul Fashioned. All really good. I really like, I like a Tom Collins, which is kind of a G&T, but a little bit different. So Tomb Collins, my friend Kate, I think sent me that one, which is good. But the one that I, I've actually haven't gone with this, James, because I didn't have the ingredients. But for okay. me, for me, this is the best. Man sat in, man sat in. I mean, that is, that's sharp, no? <laughs> I really think that when they first invented that as a cocktail, they never thought it would come to this in any sense. But since it has, I'm appreciating the part action. Uh, but eventually, I had to go. One of the criteria, James, wasn't it, to uh, use the alcohol, the artifacts, the bits and pieces we had within our flat, right? We couldn't just go out on a massive spending spree and, and purchase anything. So I settled on G and not free because that is my drink. Ooh. That is, I'm a G and T drinker. And uh, yeah, I, I settled on uh, G and not free. And just to, to give it a sense of the London lockdown situation, I will send you, James, I will send you a photo of what I've got. But basically, if this works in a podcast to describe it, I've got my gin and tonic and it's surrounded by all the cans, the cans of baked beans that I've got uh, in my flat and the loo rolls and a tennis racket. So you can clearly see that the cocktail isn't, it's not free and it's got lots of jelly babies around it as well, kind of guarding the entrance to the fort. So that is a gin and tonic or a, a gin not free that is, it is enclosed and yeah, reflects kind of my... Uh, my situation at the moment. So, mate, that is my humble offering. I fear I'm about to be wildly outshone by yourself. <laughs> oh, I love Virginia not free. I think that could definitely catch on. And I sort of, I really feel like I can really empathise with that imprisoned gin. It's Jim Prisoned. I I really feel like I I can emotionally get into that glass almost, Dave. So if if you're looking for a cocktail that I feel like I can really relate to, Mm. I think you've made it. And yeah, like you said, the aim was to make something riffing on the current situation using only what we had. And so that was one I wanted to go for. I wasn't sure I had the ingredients. And then I saw... 
the opportunity for some isolation improvisation and we know that we're all about taking that whenever we're presented it not just here on London coronavirus podcast but here in London right now there are no alternatives so this is what I came up with I call it the long isolation iced tea (laughs) and it is served in a loo roll, which immediately adds at least one zero to the price tag. I'm actually, I'm looking at it now on Skype, James, and I can't, how, how is it served within a loo roll? I'm looking at it and I still don't understand it. So it's kind of, it sort of took on its own life. It was like the creation turned the creator. The idea, <laughs> I was trying to figure out what I could fit into a loo roll as a kind of loo roll chalice. And... I found a little mini sparkling water glass bottle and, and pushed that into a loo roll. And it's kind of ended up looking like a loo roll dressed up as a mummy for Halloween. That's probably really the does. best way I can describe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the isolation iced tea, Very the good. long isolation iced tea, Very good. uses not a particularly long list of ingredients, unlike its more well-known namesake. Because I didn't have all the different types of booze required for an actual Long Island iced tea. So it is actually just iced tea. And I found (laughs) this recipe. It's a literal iced tea alcoholic beverage. I found this recipe that Earl Grey is really good with gin. And there was a little bit of beefy to gin in our supplies. So I made some Earl Grey, squeezed a lot of lemon in it to bring out those citrus notes I thought would mm. read well on a fancy menu, even if they weren't actually present through the bog roll. And <laughs> you, you can't get many notes off the top of this container. I'll post a photo on our Instagram at London CV Podcast to provide you with some isolation in- inspiration. But yeah, it, I made this iced tea up added a little bit of the sparkling water from the bottle just to give it a little bit of fizz. feel we've earned some fizzy drinks this week. And then added a bit of gin. And the handy thing about it is because it's actually housed in a bottle, you don't need a shaker. Because I know, like Joseph was saying, lots of people won't have shakers. Many also won't have blenders. You just whack in the bottle, shake it up, and then put it in the freezer to cool it down to that refreshing end of week beverage temperature and also i mean look the way that it's presented was meant to be a bit of a joke on the situation and my day was made this morning when on my essential sweep of the supermarket i found some loo roll which i haven't found in weeks i mean that's going to be a really scintillating entry into my journal this evening dear diary (laughs) today i found a pack of adjects but i came back bearing that and some flowers and loo roll has actually become more romantic than flowers like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the bog roll is more romantic than a bouquet right now so that was the real gift but yeah not only does it add to the price in my cocktail and push it more into that premium range it actually makes it very hygienic because you don't know where this bottle might have been but it's wearing this toilet roll all around it i'm only holding the toilet roll as as i take a sneaky sip i mean it does make me look like a real like quarantine alcoholic it's like the loo roll equivalent of drinking out of a paper bag (laughs) but it also means that 
I'm drinking in quite a safe way, as long as I drink within moderation. James, make me a promise, my friend. When all this is done and dusted, I'll come over to yours and you'll make me a long isolation iced tea face-to-face in person. Absolutely, big guy. We, we can clink glasses over the webcam <laughs> in this iPub in the meantime. Cheers. Cheers, James. Chin, chin. Okay, next up on the pod, we have the section where we invite our listeners, our audience, to come into the confession booth and offload their sins. Windsor and Ware are not here to judge. We are merely here to listen on the London Coronavirus podcast. And I think yesterday, James, was a bit of a breakthrough moment for the coronavirus confession corner because we Mm. had William from Wandsworth who gave a fake name, a fake location, and I just felt that gave him a sense of freedom to really say exactly what he'd done wrong and just unload and be completely honest. Now, I feel like we've opened a really good door here and there's a real sense now that the confessions are coming in thick and fast. There's an openness and, and honesty. And I think we see that here as well in today's coronavirus confession. Hello, my name is Lucy and this is my coronavirus confession. Um, I live here in France and we went out yesterday for our allotted walk one kilometre away from the house and we happened to walk past a cave, um, which is a vineyard where they sell their own wines and um, cremels, which is the regional um, fizzy wine. And we saw the woman outside. Obviously, the business is meant to be closed because it's a non-essential service. And we managed to persuade the woman to open her cave and to sell us three bottles of Cremon and six bottles of wine. So, so that was that was Lucy James in her coronavirus confession. I've got to say, what I like is that she gave her location. It kind of creates a little catch-me-if-you-can scenario. She's kind of baiting <laughs> baiting the coronavirus court into rumbling her true identity. And I think there's something nice we can play with that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's alcohol themed. It's right on point, James. And that was a coronavirus uh, confession for you. Yeah, I really enjoyed that when she got in there, she really went for the hoarding, stockpiling <laughs> yeah. approach. If you're going to open another central business, then you may as well maximise that as an enterprise. Yeah. I, thought, I thought it was good that she felt she could fully air her sins there it struck me that it's a bit baffling that in france vineyards and non-essential businesses and in the uk off licenses are essential businesses since yeah. we're on our drink special i mean i might need to get down my oxford english dictionary and double check the definition of the word essential <laughs> because it seems like it's got lost in translation at some point but I have to admit, too, that there are some lockdown loopholes out there. Now, we mentioned these the other day, and clearly you're kind of creating a lockdown loophole yourself if you actually instigate a shop opening, aren't you? Like, that that's you've tied your own loophole mm. there, and perhaps your own noose, um, if, you, if you don't manage to get your forgiveness here in coronavirus confession... But I discovered walking down the street today that there's a local coffee shop which is still open. One of the things that had really hit home this week about the situation was I'm someone who normally in my daily routine really enjoys a coffee out and about. 
And suddenly not being able to have that was really like, wow, I cannot buy a coffee out in London right now. Like mm. that's a reminder of, you know, quite how broad and wide sweeping this has all been. But I discovered that there is a coffee shop down the road which is still open and they are legitimately locked down loopholing it as far as I can understand. We'll have to get our legal team on the case here. But what they're doing is they're open for delivery, which businesses are allowed to be. And this place is genuinely like battened up in a way that it's like blockaded ready for an actual war rather than this disease one we're all facing it's all blockaded out and you can only order on their app so you download the app order on there and then they have a table right by this like door which is open a sliver at the front and you can go in just for the purpose of picking up your coffee as if you were a delivery driver Mm. and then going away. So as far as I can see, as long as the hygiene is maintained, that is a legitimate lockdown loophole. And I have to admit that I will probably be indulging in it. So maybe I'll find myself in the booth if there's a coffee clamp down this weekend. I was thinking about lockdown loopholes and in many ways, James, well, first of all, I love the fact you didn't name the place there, by the way, just so you can kind of, it's a lockdown loophole that you want to keep under your hat, which is sort of great. You don't want to alert it to too many Londoners. <laughs> but I got thinking about how dogs now are the ultimate lockdown loophole. They're almost a lockdown loophole possession, aren't they? I mean, they're just mm. this this one-way ticket to freedom. Like, as long as you're walking your dog, then you're okay, aren't you? You're within the realms of, of what's legal these days. So I think it's going to be very difficult over the coming weeks and months to, to beat the dog as the ultimate symbol of a lockdown loophole. I, I just think it's the ultimate and as yet haven't seen anything that can better that. A walking lockdown loophole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's unclear. We have to get back to our dictionary definition of essential to <laughs> discover whether this is or isn't. But it's unclear at this stage whether dog breeders count as an essential business. <laughs> if they do, I imagine they have an incredibly long waiting list right now. We're next up and following on from our earlier cocktail masterclass, really from the best cocktail maker in the United Kingdom. We've got a really practical piece here, James. And this comes from uh, the owner and mixologist at a bar called Keystone Crescent in central London. It's almost don't want to sort of give it away too much because it's a really tiny, really cute, really cool little bar uh, that is kind of unspoiled at times. It's, it's, it's really good. Uh, but uh, the owner has very, very kindly offered to give everyone a practical breakdown of what you can do tonight to make your own cocktail whilst cooped up indoors during London lockdown. So without further ado, here it is, the quarantine. Hi, my name's Coralie Sleep and I own Keystone Crescent Members Bar in King's Cross. I'm going to share with you my favourite quarantini cocktail recipe. The secret to a good quarantini is that it needs to use up other ingredients in your house that might have otherwise gone to waste. So for today I'm going to make a coffee quarantini. I'm just going to use some leftover coffee, uh, mine's from a cafetiere, and uh, we want to take about 50ml of that and put it in an empty jam jar. 
then whatever booze you have laying around in the bottom of your cupboard, uh, I'd recommend a rum or a bourbon. Today I'm going to use a spiced rum, which has worked rather well. You could also use a vodka, but for this I'd probably avoid using gin. You're about 50 ml of that, so equal ratio coffee and booze. And then a little bit of sweetener. So um, I had some maple syrup. If you have maybe runny honey, um, or if you don't have a liquid um, sweetener, then just dissolve maybe some soft brown sugar or golden sugar uh, with a little bit of boiling water, leave that to cool, and then probably 10 or 15 ml of that. Screw the lid on tight and give it a good firm shake. You won't throth up quite like an espresso martini, but you should be able to um, get a good blend of flavours. You strain it out into a coupe if you have one, or otherwise you could serve it on the rocks in a straight glass. Um, and then you want to take a vegetable peeler and use the skin of an orange. You take a big tongue of orange and then twist it over the top so that the oil releases over the surface of the drink. And it's also nice to just run the orange skin around the edge of the glass so that you get a bit of that essential oil when you're drinking it too. And then I'd say best enjoyed, settle down uh, with your Netflix. So there you have it, James. That's really practical advice. And, and I would say while all the bars are closed in London at the moment, obviously that is a tricky business and industry to be part of right now. But I should absolutely, when all this is done and dusted, James, we're going to be coming for those pubs and bars in London hard. So if they could just hang on for a month or two, then I think business is going to be back like never before, mate. Absolutely. And a great recipe there for anyone who's not going to be exploiting any lockdown loopholes and just working with what they have. Really strongest quarantine I think I've heard. I know there were lots going viral earlier on in the week online. And I feel like drinks, alcoholic or not, are kind of keeping me sane. I mean, I haven't really drunk any alcohol at all this week, but even just like through my daily routine, I feel it's dictated by drinks, really, and working my way through different hot drinks, the Barocca, the water. <laughs> so I, I, I think like building those in and yeah, on the weekend, in the evenings, having a good routine of cocktails to lean upon too can really be something that can help us keep spirits high in every sense until those pubs and bars open again. Next up on the pod, we've got our section where we talk about the quarantine dream. We talk about the perils, the delights, the fears, the hopes and everything that comes with being locked up inside. And today we've got uh, a piece from Johnny Nelson, who is a TV presenter, former colleague. And Johnny explains it far better than I could, so I will let him run away with it. This is Johnny Nelson and Living the Quarantine Dream. All right, boys. Uh, hope you're keeping well. So I got back from work last week on... Thursday, and my housemate who works for the NHS, works in a hospital, had come back with all of the symptoms of coronavirus. So from that day, we were locked in. We knew we were locked in for two weeks. And you could only assume that by the time that two weeks was up, the rest of the country may have been told to do the same. And it looks like that has worked out uh, exactly as we thought. Uh, so we're in the house. I don't know how long we're going to be in here for. Could be weeks, could be months. Um, and as a working presenter, all my work just 
dried up immediately. All the events that you do, uh, like hosting things, like day shoots, you're doing sport or entertainment, all disappeared. So I thought, well, if I'm going to starve to death, I might as well, I might as well not do it quietly uh, and with a smile on my face. So I went down into the basement and uh, we had all this foil knocking around from when we put on, me and my housemates put on this crystal maze thing for our mates over Christmas. Um, so I just like <laughs> stuck it up on, on the walls against broken chairs and cardboard and retrofitted this very dodgy camp looking studio. It's like a 1960s Doctor Who set. Um, and decided to start putting on these Instagram lives every night. Um, going through my phone and my contacts I've worked with in TV and people I've known who work in like radio and entertainment and just like getting people on, having a live stream, just chatting to them, uh, playing some games, playing some drinking games, you know, getting to know them a little bit better and just messing about and putting a smile on other people's faces, uh, my own included. Um, so that's, that's where my isolation came from. My Isolation. It's just an incredibly thought-provoking name. Um, and I've been doing it every night since. The last few days, it's been quite interesting. I had Sam from Sam and Mark uh, on there. Um, I've had Max and Harvey, who are these big like social media stars, who are also on like the Celebrity Voice. I had Vic Hope from Strictly Come Dancing, who I worked with with you guys, actually, over at ITN over the years. And the next few days, we've got some of the big names as well. Um, from Yasmin Evans from One Extra, we've got Jordan North from Radio One, Kimberly Wyatt from the Pussycat Dolls, some more social media stars. And it's just sort of a snowballing like that. I had a call today from BBC Radio Derby, uh, who wanted to, wanted to have a chat about it, uh, which, is a bit, which is a bit odd. But yeah, that's kind of where the ideas come from. Um, I'm going to keep doing it every single night, roughly the same time, around 8 o'clock, could be a bit earlier, could be a bit later, until, uh, until either we beat coronavirus or coronavirus beats me. London Coronavirus Podcast, I really like, James, how Johnny's just gone all in. Like, he's, he's gone really, really deep in there. And let's not forget that the creative industries in London and, and beyond, of course, have just taken a massive hit. I mean, industries have been deleted overnight, so people have got to get creative. And, wow, it sounds like Johnny is in it for the long haul, mate, until the front door is thrown open by Boris Johnson and the government and we're allowed our freedom again. Johnny's in there. My isolation, he's, he's very deep. Yeah, and with ponds of that quality... We're never going to tire of this situation. I don't think we're going to have entertainment throughout if the pond merchants are trading at that high a level. But I thought as a piece of isolation improvisation, creating your own TV studio in your basement with something you had left over from a previous party was particularly the kind of inspiration that I think people would need going into their weekends. And this is the first weekend since we've really been in lockdown here in London and around the UK. And I feel that that's going to push people as they seek to recreate some of that weekend wonder. I think that's going to really push people to some weekend weirdness and wackiness of possibly previously inexperienced levels. So if you find yourself or someone you live with doing something particularly out there this weekend, we would love to hear about it for Living the Quarren Dream. You can always get in touch with us on Instagram. We're London CV Podcast 
on there and looking forward to hearing how you managed to make it feel more like the weekend, even while you're locked indoors. There was a YouGov poll earlier today, Dave, which has been doing the rounds online. And we've been saying earlier in the week that you really don't need a poll because the feeling is so apparent out there of what people are going through. But these top pollsters, obviously, they fell under essential business too. (laughs) And they decided to get out there and keep the polling industry going. And they were polling people in the UK on things that they'd done this week that they hadn't done before. So things that coronavirus had made them do, much like our living the quarantine dreams and coronavirus confessions. And so we've got a breakdown here. Some of them are pretty normal and expected. Taken by in a video call, 28% of people polls hadn't done that before and did that this week. Then we have people who ordered groceries delivered to their home for the mm-hmm. first time, 9% on that. Playing a video game, 5%. And then the one that's really got people talking is the 3% of people who have responded that this week they've used something other than toilet paper to wipe themselves after going to the toilet. Uh, Clearly taking on board your advice from our we need to talk about toilet paper special (laughs) earlier in the week, Dave. Don't know if they're getting the lettuce leaves out what they're getting i I think i was impressed by how the pollsters managed to somehow make even that sentence sound quite diplomatically phrased (laughs) not something it was easy to make sound polite and yet their wording managed to do it i'm not sure that my long isolation iced tea in its toilet roll container is looking necessarily that thirst quenching after that particular thought's been implanted in my brain But I have to salute the creativity of that 3% as we move into a weekend where we're all going to need to be more creative to keep ourselves entertained or keep ourselves clean. The next section of the podcast is our global updates. The part of the pods where we survey the globe and we just drop in and take note of someone who's got boots on the ground in different cities, different countries all around this fair planet. And uh, today we've got a global update from the Czech Republic, which is a country that hasn't really received much, if any, media whatsoever in terms of the British press. So this will be interesting. This is my friend Andre from the Czech Republic. Hi, I'm Andre from Pilsen, Czech Republic, uh, where the best Pilsen beer is brewed. Uh, The situation here in Czech Republic is pretty similar as in uh, other cities with quarantine. It means the city is really calm. Uh, Nobody is in the streets. People can go out just to buy food or medication or we can go out in nature, but just in pairs. Uh, But always when we are out, we have to wear masks. That's a must now. Um, the good thing here in Czech Republic is that we took uh, the preventive measures quite early and now we are having just around 1,800 infected people and the growth is not so exponential as in other, as in other countries. The borders are closed for strangers and also for Czech citizens with the exception of a few. Um, when the situation got more serious, our government found out that uh, we have a big lack of medical material like surgical masks, respirators and disinfectant for doctors. Uh, 
So everybody who could uh, started to sew homemade cotton masks. Um, Czech University started cooperation and within one week they developed a new kind of respirator which protects again coronavirus and now they can produce approximately 10,000 uh, pieces every day. Also distilleries uh, started producing dis uh, disinfectant uh, instead of alcohol so I'm not sure if this one is positive news. Um, people started helping each other. Um, young people do the shopping for their older uh, relatives or neighbors. Students who can go to universities uh, take care of children when their parents have to go uh, to work. So it seems that everybody pulls together now. And the most positive thing is that the brewery has not stopped its uh, production yet. So that's the news from uh, Czech Republic. I loved, uh, I loved that update, James, and I liked how there was almost a little... Well, there was a lot of coronavirus kindness in there when Andre was talking about the younger generation really doing their bit, which I think is a theme globally to help the older generation. But also there was almost a coronavirus confession in there saying that he's just relieved that the brewery's still doing its job in, uh, in a city which is very famous for beer. So that was, for, that was Andre from the Czech Republic. We don't really hear much about the Czech Republic in, in the British media, do we? Yeah, I was very impressed that you managed to track down a global update that was related to our drink special. Ah, like, managed to go to Pilsen, one of the brewing capitals of the world, uh, and that he managed to make it so about drinks. So, impressed by that. And, yeah, also people like making masks mm. is particularly inspiring, isn't it? Like, I know there's been a huge shortage of those around the world and lots of questions asked about how we can manufacture more but I like that kind of blue Peter here's one I made earlier <laughs> approach to that situation and now it's the time of the show where we end with a chaser of kindness it is coronavirus kindness and after so much talk about drink much like long nights drinking you should always have a little bit of food before bed i reckon we're gonna end with a food special here on coronavirus kindness today and this actually comes from a friend of mine who i've played football with in a five-a-side team they play in one of the five-a-side leagues across the river in batsy but he sent this message to our group tonight, fishing round for people. And I thought it was so great that I immediately promoted it to today's coronavirus kindness. So his idea is that he's been speaking to mates who work in A&E. And they've said that really the best way that anyone could help them right now is to bring them fresh, healthy food so that they can have a nice meal to look forward to. Now, they say people keep bringing cakes and pizza, which isn't actually helping so much, right? Because the doctors and nurses don't want to eat that every night as much as they appreciate the gesture. Whereas healthy treats are really like boosting morale a lot. And so this guy, Floris, he normally runs a business doing private cooking for dinner parties and events. So he's decided that he's going to turn his house into some sort of industrial kitchen and try to feed the A&E department of a different hospital 
each day next week. And how long he can do this for simply depends on how many donations he receives. So he's asked people he knows to donate a tenner. Other people on Instagram, I think, are maybe chipping in a fiver. And that's going directly towards him making healthy food that he's going to deliver to different A&E staff all around London next week. So if you'd like to support him in his mission, then you can find him on Instagram at Fed by Florice, that's F-L-O-R-I-S, and he'll be posting updates on there as well as how you can support. So, yeah, really great initiative. Someone individually finding a way to really help the people working in the NHS in a way that works for them. And I also wanted to give a quick royal shout out to the Queen of Malaysia, who also has been leading the Feeding the Forces charge by cooking treats for the health workers in Malaysia this week. And she posted on her royal Instagram, she's almost as good with social media as she is at cooking, it turns out. Dishes she'd prepared included local favourites such as fried cabbage and salted egg. So she's also on that health food hype as well as a stir-fry with green beans and chocolate chip cupcakes. So really feeding the people who are really putting their everything and beyond into fighting this for us. Clearly a priority close to home and even in palaces across the world right now. So that's our coronavirus kindness. Every day on the London Coronavirus Podcast with a quote, something just to tee you up for the 24 hours to come. And I know, James, in the last couple of days, I've kind of seesawed between the Bible and Don Draper from Mad Men, which, uh, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's quite a segue. So allow me to seek a little bit of middle ground tonight. Uh, are you a Winnie the Pooh fan? I Did... love Winnie the Pooh, oh, actually. fantastic. Super fan. Fanboy. <laughs> I love that. Well, this is uh, from Eeyore in Winnie the Pooh, and of course written by A.A. Milne. And it is this. The nicest thing about the rain is that it always stops, eventually. (laughs) 